good criminal investigators always know that the place to start any investigation is by following the money, right? It's almost a cliche. You got to follow the money. And so on this episode of Behind the Deep State, we are going to follow the money. And a lot of that money, it turns out, traces right back to this guy. I like to call him Dr. Evil. He likes to describe himself as a god, uh, self-proclaimed atheist, but he likes to describe himself as a god. His name is George Soros. Uh, you know, that, you probably know why I call him Dr. Evil, but I want to break this down. You know, wh who is Soros? And I think the first thing to know about him is that this guy has an ego the size of Jupiter. Um, Here's an interesting quote. This came uh, from an interview he did with The Independent back in 1993. He said, it's sort of a disease when you consider yourself some kind of god, the creator of everything. But I feel comfortable about it now since I began to live it out. So this is a guy who thinks of himself as a god. And it wasn't just a one-off comment back in 1987 in his book, The Alchemy of Finance, which in itself is a very weird title. He said, I fancied myself as some kind of god. Right. So this guy has crazy messianic delusions. Uh, he, he also talks about, uh, you know, he sometimes feels like he's mad, uh, mad as in crazy. And uh, I think that's probably a good assessment. I, I think uh, psychiatrists call that psychopathy, where you have uh, absolutely no feeling of empathy or guilt for the evil that you do. We'll come back to that in a moment. Um, another important thing to know about George Soros is that he got his start with funding from the Rothschild dynasty, the House of Rothschild. And we'll do another episode on the House of Rothschild in the coming weeks. But uh, the Rothschilds are really like this, this massive banking family that has been kind of at the center of uh, world politics and world finance for centuries now. And uh, the Washington Times, there was a really interesting, uh, very revealing story that appeared there. Uh, it was about George Soros and the House of Rothschild. And what they reported was that the Banque Privée, which means the private bank based in uh, Switzerland, was actually one of the original funders of George Soros and his quantum fund. Actually, they put money in back in 1969. And then between 1970 and the year 2000, the return on that investment was about 3,500%, which is just all out of proportion to anything that makes sense. And you, you might say, well, he must have been a really good businessman. He must really understand financial markets. Uh, I don't think so, right? Uh, like other very, very wealthy establishment people, uh, they don't make their money through good business practices. They make their money through shady dealings. And you don't have to take my word for it. Actually, in 2002, uh, George Soros was convicted of insider trading. Uh, isn't that cute, right? So he was trading on insider knowledge. And uh, yeah, you know, it's a lot easier to make a lot of money if you've got friends in high places and they tell you what's going to happen when and all that kind of good stuff. So Soros has made many billions of dollars. He's also been affiliated with a lot of the deep state institutions that we talk about regularly on this program. Uh, for example, he served as a director at the Council on Foreign Relations. His company is part of the uh, quote unquote president's circle, uh, you know, the big money corporate backers of the CFR. Of course, Soros has been at Bilderberg and he's been involved in all these secretive shadowy organizations. Um, and in 2017, I want to go over some of the, the money stuff here. Speaking of tracking the money. In 2017, we learned that Soros had dumped about $18 billion of his fortune into his tax-exempt Open Society Foundations. Now, this was most likely to avoid the estate tax. You know, he knows his appointment with the Grim Reaper is coming eventually, like all of ours. And uh, so he wanted to probably not have Uncle Sam take all that money. You know, he's, he's fine with Uncle Sam taking all your money, but obviously he doesn't want his money to go to Uncle Sam. Uh, he knows how to spend it better than Uncle Sam, right? Um, 
And uh, so he put all his money in there. And uh, I guess his son, uh, Alex Soros, will be uh, helping to take the reins here. But this will allow him to have $18 billion to continue waging his war on God, a war on humanity, and his war on America. So let's go over some of the stuff that George Soros' money has funded over the years. Of course, we have Planned Parenthood, the largest murderer of unborn children in America, right? Hundreds of thousands of children every year are slaughtered by this organization. And then they go on and they sell the body parts, as we found out from the, uh, the hidden cameras that were used. Uh, he funded Occupy Wall Street. He funded the Ferguson riots. He put $33 million into this Black Lives Matter organization that, of course, doesn't represent uh, black people whatsoever. Um, he poured money into efforts to nationalize our police forces. He put money into the Tides Foundation, which is kind of a, a pass-through big uh, laundromat for money, right? The, the billionaires, they put their money into this organization. It all gets scrambled up and mixed up, and then they pass it out to all these Marxist groups, terrorist groups, communist groups, subversive organizations. Uh, he's funded gun control efforts with gazillions of dollars. He funded this women's march, right? I think he put uh, many, many millions of dollars into the organizations that were behind this women's march. He's funded MoveOn.org, you know, the fake uh, grassroots liberal advocacy group. Uh, he funded the racist group La Raza. Right. In, in uh, Spanish, that means the race. Right. Uh, very, very racist group. Uh, he, he funds the Center for American Progress, a, a far left progressive astroturf group that uh, loves to lie about conservatives, also has other big corporate backers, funds the ACLU. He funds this uh, whole more recent uh, children's climate change advocacy, right? We found out that uh, he and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation have created this organization called One, and then one of the people who works with this One organization is serving the, as the handler of Greta Thunberg, the you know the poor little autistic Swedish girl who's being paraded around by world leaders as uh, the symbol of uh, climate activism. Uh, he's been putting a lot of his money into subverting churches. Uh, and this is true for Catholics, Protestants, and Orthodox. Doesn't matter. Uh, for example, he's given money to Catholics for Choice, right? An, an abortion group that wants the Catholic Church to start supporting the slaughter of unborn babies. Well, of course, if you know anything about Catholic doctrine or the Bible, uh, killing babies is strictly prohibited whether they're born or unborn. Always has been, always will be. And so Catholics for Choice uh, is something of an oxymoron, right? I mean, you can't be a Catholic and support abortion. You can't support abortion and be a Catholic. It's just how it is. Um, he's been funding training programs in Eastern Europe for Orthodox pastors. He actually managed to get some, some tax money involved in this effort, too. We'll talk about that. But uh, we reported at The New American that he was uh, funding these training programs for Orthodox pastors in Eastern Europe, even in, into Georgia, uh, the nation of Georgia, where they were, they were being trained to love globalism and promote globalism to their congregations. They were being trained to support to homosexuality, which is, of course, uh, clearly uh, condemned in the scriptures. Right? Uh, so this just gives you a sense of it. He also has been caught uh, funding the Protestant churches. Uh, he, he put money into this thing called the Evangelical uh, Immigration Roundtable, which uh, you know has been exposed as basically an open borders group trying to infiltrate conservative Protestant denominations in the United States. Uh, speaking of this mass migration, Soros has been very, very active in this as well. Uh, he talked about borders being the obstacle. Uh, his Open Societies Institutes founded the, or funded the Sutherland Report, which laid out the, kind of the blueprint for this mass migration. And in a very bizarre turn of events, it turns out George Soros also is involved with the International Crisis Group. This is uh, kind of an international astroturf group of deep state insiders that advocates endless war under the guise of humanitarianism. So this group wanted war in Libya. This group wanted war 
in Syria. This group helped mess up numerous countries in the Middle East and North Africa. They also helped bring to power some nasty Islamists in some of these nations. And so what happened? George Soros and his buddies destroyed a bunch of countries, and then George Soros and his buddies said, hey, we're going to roll out the red carpet and we're going to invite you into Europe or into the Western world. This would be like an arsonist burning down somebody's house and then inviting them to come into your house and live at your expense and pretending to be a humanitarian in the process, right? It's criminal. It's not humanitarian. It's crazy. And yet that's the kind of stuff that George Soros is involved in. Um, we also have a leaked memo from Soros Foundation. This came out a few years ago where they were outlining this plan to co-opt Catholic officials so they could push uh, Soros's pro-abortion fanaticism onto the Catholic Church. Uh, they were very proud of what they had done in Ireland. We know uh, from leaked documents from the Soros organization that they were planning to build power, quote, to bring about what they called systemic change, right? Systemic change away from individual liberty, away from Christian civilization, and toward globalist totalitarianism. Soros also funds a bunch of media outlets and fake media outlets to promote the activists that he's funding, to promote the fake studies he funds at universities, to argue for his point of view. There are groups in over 100 countries that we know have received George Soros money. And he uses his lobbying power to supplement all this money that he's giving away with our tax money. Right? Uh, in Uzbekistan, we found out that the U.S. State Department had given money directly to George Soros' groups so they could go and spend it in Uzbekistan. In Colombia, we found out that USAID, the U.S. Agency for International Development, was funding Soros projects to bring communist terrorists to power in Colombia. Uh, we know that uh, in the EU and in Europe, he was funding, a, he was hijacking European Union tax funding to subvert our churches. We know that uh, he has been involved in uh, promoting the embracing of LGBT using tax money. Uh, we have, uh, and, and you know, the influence of this is really hard to overstate. It is enormous. Uh, to give you some sense of how huge this is, the Ford Foundation, one of the, the most powerful foundations in the world, these tax-exempt foundations, the president of this, his name is Darren Walker, uh, he actually he was quoted as saying in the media that there is no foundation in the world, including the Ford Foundation, that has had more of an impact around the world than the Open Society Foundations in the last two decades. Now, keep in mind, the Ford Foundation has been one of the most powerful tax-exempt foundations going back clear to the 1940s and 50s. Uh, Norman Dodd, who was uh, put in charge of an investigation by Congress of these tax-exempt foundations, I want to show you this video real quick. He said that the goal, as explained by the head of the Ford Foundation to him in a private meeting, was to so alter life in the United States that it could be comfortably merged with the Soviet Union. Check out this video. Ron Gaither was at that time president of the Ford Foundation. And um, uh, Mr. Gaither had sent for me when I found it convenient to be in New York, asked me to call upon him at his office, which I did. And on arrival, after a few amenities, Mr. Gaither said, Mr. Dodd, we've asked you to come up here this today because we thought that possibly off the record you would tell us why the Congress is interested in the activities of foundations such as ourselves. And um, before I could think of how I would reply to that statement, Mr. Gaither then went on voluntarily and stated, he said, Mr. Dodd, all of us that have a hand in the making of policies here 
have had experience either with the OSS during the war or European Economic Administration after the war. We've had experience operating under directives. And these directives emanate and did emanate from the White House. Now we still operate under just such directives. Would you like to know what the substance of these directives is? I said, yes, Mr. Gator, I'd like very much to know. <coughs> Whereupon he made this statement to me, namely, Mr. Dodd, we here operate on similar, in response to similar directives, the substance of which is that we shall use our grant-making power so to alter life in the United States that it can be comfortably merged with the Soviet Union. Now, uh, what kind of world does George Soros envision? Well, we know a lot about it, right? In 2009, he told the Financial Times, one of the big establishment newspapers, that communist China should own the new world order in the same way that the United States owned the old world order. Um, keep in mind, the communist Chinese government is the most, most ruthless, most murderous dictatorship to have ever existed in human history. Uh, they murdered maybe 100 million people, right? And yet you have people like Soros and people like the Rockefellers constantly blabbering about how great this is. So in 2010, Soros was getting his uh, Globalist of the Year Award. True story, he was actually getting the Globalist of the Year Award. And he said, uh, uh, while he was receiving this award, that China, this is a quote, China has not only a more vigorous economy, but actually a better functioning government than the United States. And, you know, I guess if you consider mass murder, torture, the uh, internment of over a million Muslims uh, in re-education camps, the persecution of Christians, enforced abortions, I and mean, if you consider those things good government, then yeah, I mean, China's doing a, a fantastic job. Uh, but this really reveals, I think, some of the mindset that George Soros has. Now, this threat to civilization, to freedom, is so significant that actually entire nations have started taking action. Uh, the Hungarian government, as one example, under the leadership of Prime Minister Viktor Orban, uh, incredibly popular leader, his most recent election, they just won with over two-thirds support in the polls, uh, they passed what they called the Stop Soros Act. It was a piece of legislation designed to limit the influence of George Soros and uh, other subversive billionaire globalists from outside of Hungary trying to uh, take down their country, trying to demolish uh, what they are trying to build there and what they're trying to preserve there, which is Christian civilization and individual liberty. Uh, you can check out this interview we did with the Hungarian Secretary of State, Zoltán Kovács, and see what he had to say about it. Mr. Soros became a political problem because he wanted to become and wants to become a politician. He himself declared, uh, as, if it, if, as if it's about Hungary, that he wanted to become the political opposition of this uh, government that is running the country for the third consecutive time, elected by two-third majority. Now, we, ha we face a problem here. Uh, nobody ever elected Mr. Soros. Uh, nobody ever elected uh, those NGOs he is uh, very abundantly financing who work in an international framework, who are very loud, uh, in many respects very clever, and they obviously have not only influence but power. And we believe that uh, democracy should be remaining and returning to, uh, to its roots and to the fundamental rules, and that is mandate and power is coming from the people. It's the vote of the people that should decide who is exercising power and who is making political decisions. And if NGOs and billionaires like George Soros are going around this, vindicating that they, as an elite force, have a vision 
uh, and they have the right to tell you what you should be doing without the democratic mandate, we are not assisting to it. So the Stop, uh, the stop Soros uh, package, as it is indeed being called, is a set of rules uh, which we've been tightening for the past uh, couple of years uh, for the sake of democracy, and that is closing the loopholes uh, by which NGOs come to political decision-making, come to decisively influencing and uh, shaping uh, policy-making and politics uh, in a field where they have, they have no mandate. And now I want to address uh, one more thing before we let go of George Soros. Now, uh, one of the defenses that uh, George Soros apologists, a lot of whom, of course, are funded by George Soros, trot out whenever somebody criticizes their uh, sugar daddy, is, oh, well, you must be anti-Semitic if you talk about George Soros, because George Soros had like some ancestors, I guess, who were Jews. And so you can't talk about George Soros without being anti an anti-Semite. You know what? That is preposterous on every level. First of all, George Soros openly describes himself as, as an atheist. An atheist is not a Jew. A Jew is not an atheist. This should be pretty obvious, but uh, you know, just to be clear, we'll repeat it. Second of all, George Soros describes himself as a god, right? He's repeatedly said that he feels like a god. No Jew would say they feel like a god. That's ludicrous, right? That's blasphemy. That's idolatry. Um, you know, Jews recognize the inherent evil of all those things. Second of all, I want you to watch this, this little video here real quick where George Soros actually talks about, he says he has no guilt, he had no guilt at all for helping the Nazis, the National Socialists, steal property from Jews. Watch this clip. These are pictures from 1944 of what happened to George Soros' friends and neighbors. You're a Hungarian Jew who escaped the Holocaust mm -hmm. by posing as a, a Christian. Right. And... You watched lots of people get shipped off to the death camps. Right. I was 14 years old. And I would say that that's when my character was made. In what way? That one should think ahead, one should understand and, and anticipate events. Uh, and uh, one, one is threatened. It was a tremendous threat of evil. I mean, it was a, a very personal experience of evil. My understanding is, is that you went out with this protector of yours who swore that you were uh, his adopted godson. Yes, yes. Went out, in fact, and helped in the confiscation of property yes. from the Jews. That's right. Yes. I mean, that's, that sounds uh, like an experience that would send lots of people to the psychiatric couch for many, many years. Was it difficult? Uh, not, not, not at all. Not at all. I want to be clear about this. Criticizing George Soros is not anti-Semitic. What is anti-Semitic is claiming that George Soros is a representative of the Jewish people. George Soros is not a Jew in the true sense, right? He does not believe the Torah. Jews believe the Torah. Um, he believes himself a God. Jews do not believe themselves a God, right? Uh, Jews who believe the scriptures understand that abortion is wrong. They understand that the LGBT agenda is wrong. They understand that socialism is wrong, right? God said, thou shalt not steal. That's the, the revelation he gave to Moses, uh, you know, a true Jew, and said, no, you can't steal. While as uh, George Soros is really advocating systematic, institutionalized thievery. Uh, and of course, Jews understand that lying is wrong, cheating is wrong, stealing is wrong, insider trading is wrong, and all those other things. So uh, for you to say that you can't criticize George Soros because that would be anti-Semitic is to use the Jewish people as a shield to prevent criticism of somebody who is the antithesis of a Jew, right? Uh, so let's not go down that road. That's ludicrous.
criticism of George Soros is not only not anti-Semitic, trying to claim that criticism of George Soros is anti-Semitic is in and of itself anti-Semitic. So we shouldn't go down that road. Now, my colleague, uh, William Jasper, did a phenomenal cover story in The New American. Uh, it was called uh, George Soros, the God Who Should Be Jailed, obviously the false God who should be jailed, where he showed some of these crimes that Soros has committed, some of the you know funding riots, all these different uh, statutes that he's violated. It is really time for serious investigations at the state level, at the federal level of these tax-exempt foundations where the deep state hides all its money in uh, tax-exempt uh, you know, entities. We really need to get to the bottom of all this. It's completely inappropriate to have these revolutionaries waging war on America, waging war on humanity, waging war on everything that is good hiding their money in these tax-sheltered accounts while they fly around the world in private jets and yachts and all the rest of it. This has got to stop. Uh, it's time for real investigations. We need another uh, committee to investigate these tax-exempt foundations. And uh, again, I'm Alex Newman. This is Behind the Deep State. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, and also stay tuned to this channel. We will bring, be bringing you more on the Deep State Money Men in the weeks ahead. Thanks again, and God bless.